One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to episode 16 of Sofa Cinema Club. As always, I'm Colton Smith and I'm joined by... Jack P. Shepard. Oh, you're joking me. Oh, Completely yes. forgotten you. Ben Samuels. Ben That's what it Sam- should I'm be. Ben That's Samuels. I am. Today, hi, Ben Samuels. <laughs> the Sofa Cinema Club is our podcast where we get together and we educate each other on films. Now, it's all about the films we should have seen, but we haven't. So... Each week we pick a film for the others to watch and then we come into the studio and we talk about what we loved, hated and rated. Now the beauty of our film club, the Sofa Cinema Club, is that anybody can join in. All you guys have to do at home is watch along with the film that we pick and then come and listen to us every single Thursday. This week's film has been picked by me for Jack and Ben and it is the teen classic that is... Mean Girls. But before we get into talking all things Mean Girls, what have we been up to this week? I went to the car wash. That was the big event (laughs) of this week. You haven't been there for years. You must be bored. You couldn't find one at first, could you? There's a jet wash near us with no queue. Not driving a bath. <laughs> Where are you going, Mr. Shepard? Where are you going? Bath for the car wash. Car wash. Car wash. Don't tell me. Massive queue. Massive. For one of those little shit ones at a petrol station. It's a good one though, isn't it? Because I sent you the location. It's the one we use, Ben, as the Trafford Centre. Here's a question for you. You've got your bronze, which is dog shit. Bronze, silver, gold. Bronze, silver, gold. You've got your silver where you're thinking, I'm spending a bit of money, but I'm not getting my wheels waxed. Mm. What did you go for? Well, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity, isn't it, that you're there? So you've (laughs) got to go full guns. It's like eight quid gold at that. What do you get for gold that you don't get with silver? I only get silver. Well, I was in the queue, and I'd been in the queue for about 40 minutes, and I saw people coming up to the the little, there's like a little white box outside of the, you know, car wash before they go in, and they're just sort of touching numbers, and then they drive in. I thought, I haven't actually seen anybody pay. Oh, you've not gone in, have you? I've not gone in. Oh, no. I tell you what, you are... Let no one say you're not sharp. I know. I'm in the queue for 40 minutes. Hold on, I'm famous. Won't it just start? (laughs) Well, I thought you just pay at the box. (laughs) No. (laughs) So you get to the front, massive queue behind you. David Platt gets out of his black Mustang. Yes. And runs to buy a code, holding up the queue. Yeah. Oh, no. And there's a queue in the petrol station. 
How cringe. Oh, that's cringe. So I just had to hold the queue up. And everyone going, he thinks he's better than us. He doesn't need to buy for his car wash. So you went gold, gold. And then did you buy the person behind you a car wash to apologise? No, no, I did a bollocks. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say sorry. I didn't say anything. Two metres. I can't. I'm not allowed. I've got a mask on. They don't know me anyway. <laughs> um, wow, that's good. Valentine's Day. We had Valentine's Day. I got some more aftershave. <laughs> Woo! You need the it. The collection grows. Yeah. I got one that I've not had before. That could be your new job. When hospitality opens back up. Yeah. What's Jack up to these days? He's he's in he's in the toilets at Mojo's. <laughs> yeah. I used to sell dodgy perfume on um Wembley Market. Did, Did you? you? Yeah. We used to but you knew it was dodgy. It wasn't like we pretended it was anything. It was like a five or a bottle. And they're all called different things. So you change the name slightly. Yeah. Um yeah, did a roaring trade, but you never know. <laughs> So what did you get this week? What was it? What was the smell? I got Santal. I tell you what, huge amount of sponsorship coming your way for that pronunciation. I don't know, yeah, can you imagine? La Lebo. La Lebo. La Lebo. Made in America. Made New in America. America. The other day, you hadn't been in work for a while, and I came in to go to my dressing room and went, oh, Jack's in, I could smell you. <laughs> <laughs> all the way up the corridor <laughs> we had a scene together and I'm like oh he's in <laughs> you've gone for it you'd absolutely bathed yourself in it <laughs> you do though now don't you because because there's so little opportunity to go out like even when I'm popping to booths at spray it's full yeah. night out Pupple, it's full, hair, full night hair spray <laughs> People, people are like, where are you off? Just, just to buy some leaves. <laughs> where are you off? Where are you off? Get some, get some apples. You never know. The thing is, everyone's got a mask on, so they can't smell fuck all anyway. No, I could Literally. smell you. I had a mask on, I could smell you. It got through the mask. That's the problem, isn't it? It's clear. It yeah. got through it. And I'm like, hold on, that's, I'm sure that's Shepard. But I've got a mask on and I'm two metres. <laughs> so, Ben, I want to paint a picture. Let's go back a week in time. It's World Pizza Day. <laughs> so we're at the flat. <laughs> We've, Jack doesn't know this. We're at the flat and I go, well, Ben, it's World Pizza Day. So we're, we're making our own pizzas. Mm. So I've, I've got the dough. I've made the dough. You defrosted the dough. Hold the fuck on. <laughs> You're not fucking giving it the Pizza Express at the back in the morning. Defrosted the dough. Fair play. Fair play. So I've defrosted the dough, rolled it out. Said to Ben, what should we do? Should we do a cheese and spinach, a chicken and chicken? Like, so we mm, made, made mm. the pizzas. And I've made them on the side. And Ben's just watched all this happen. So then he goes, right, well, how are you going to get that in the oven? So what he'd done was he'd, made, he'd built his pizza mm. on a chopping board. And he'd gone for it. Massive bits of chicken, a lot of tomato. Looked great. Rustic. Yeah, proper rustic. rustic all vibe. I'm thinking is, no fucking way you getting that to the pan, kid. No way. It's going to look like a Peter oh, Calzone right. by the end of it. You wait. But he went for it, didn't you? And kind of half got it. So the pizzas are in. It's been 12 minutes. I take them out. The pizza has stuck to the griddle. Mm. <laughs> so you couldn't move it. We couldn't have a slice of pizza. You know the grill in the oven? Yeah, you we- ate it off that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some some restaurants, they give you a slate, don't they? 
like a roofing tile. Yeah. This yeah, is the yeah. fucking pan from the oven. <laughs> oh, hello, here we go. Your pizza. Um, oh, how interesting. And then it, it got stuck, so you ripped half of it off, and you got a kind of burnt crust, a bit of chicken. Very nice, though. Very nice. The way to eat pizza is not in a thin strip. No. It won't catch on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be taking over Manchester's pizza scene. It, it was an interesting experience. Yeah, I did see that, everybody, on Instagram and Twitter. I mean, that's the only way I know it's pizza day. Is that the way you pick up all of your news, Jack? Twitter or Instagram? Yeah, pizza day, chocolate day, any of that shit. You just sort of find out. Birthdays. Your birthdays. You find out it's people's, you know, birthdays on social media when they spam all the fucking stories that go on for like 14 years yeah, it's funny you should say that actually because ben what text did you get at about 20 to midnight last night <laughs> <laughs> so there i am learning my lines in bed it's a bit late i've got a bit hassled and i thought oh i'll learn them now i'd, I'd learn them in two parts and then bing i'm thinking well who's texting me at this time of night and it's colson tiktok tells me it's National Pancake Day tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Tuesday. God. oh, God. So we're going to have pancakes later. It's pa- pancakes for pudding tonight. It's weird, isn't it? I just had some scrambled egg on toast. And Hanny goes, oh, it's pancake day today. That means we've got to have pancakes. I'm like, do we? Well, you're a bag of fun, aren't I've you? just eaten. And she went, oh, well, we'll have them later. We're, we're going to do it pudding. We're going to do protein pancakes for pudding. Yeah, but I, I don't like anybody dictating when it's a certain day you're meant to fucking eat things like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, jeez. This lockdown, you've got bloody grumpy. No, but it, it reminds me of when people go, oh, I can't do that on Tuesday. It's chicken pie day. Do you know what I mean? Which is a great Fish time to day. introduce World Sofa Cinema Club Day. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do? The world stops and you all listen to all of the series. It's great. <laughs> um, right. Um, so that brings us, I'm not very good at the old link, to mugs. Are, as I like to call it, merch. <laughs> we, we've started off this shop. This am- Bezos was on the phone crapping himself. <laughs> shit in his, in his pants, pants. <laughs> one thing that I never thought we'd do is obviously put the podcast on the stock market but I'm glad that we've done it Yeah, and yeah, you know yeah. we've, we've had a lot of interest yes. there'll be two things to invest in bitcoin and our mugs so we've got we've got potential three mugs haven't we now we we had a falling yeah. out but we've come round we've kissed and made up We've got three, we've finalised three things and a first run of 10,000. Or is it 10? (laughs) It's 10,000 each, each print. So we've got 30,000 mugs and seeing as Jack's got the most room, Jack's going to store them for us (laughs) and package them up. So what you thought was, might be a good idea, is we give them away, don't we? We give a few away. I thought we're selling them so that we make loads of money. That's the idea, isn't it? <laughs> I think you'd have to sell. You'd have to sell a hundred thousand mugs. How much have you I made have to a say? Oof, those mugs have gone well. I don't think the mugs are going to make us millionaires. Are they no. not? No. It's a mugs game. I've been on the phone to Denby, and they said it's all about plates. <laughs> they went, "If you want to make money, you've got to get into plates." We tried with mugs. But you just you just reach a ceiling. You just reach we're not a ceiling. At, we're not at plates. Yeah. That's year two. <laughs> <laughs> Mug update. In summary, haven't really got any further, but they're <laughs> they're they're happening, and we are going. They're, they're going to be available to buy, 
And we're also going to do a competition where you can potentially win a signed mug. What I'd love is we have mugs that you can't have hot water in. Like the, the <laughs> yeah. transfer falls off. Like we get them a bit yeah. cheaper and go, yeah, we've got a mug to give away. Just cold water only. <laughs> Just say it very quietly. <laughs> I said to Ben, I went, oh, we'll, we'll do this competition and we'll we'll sign one. We'll do we'll do a sign mug as a competition. And I went, after one fucking wash, <laughs> one a signature wash, wash comes, comes, comes off. That's why it's limited edition. Yeah. You get one drink, one drink only. Then you have to buy another one. We'll make a lot of money doing this. It's hard as well because when I'm speaking to people, a lot of people are saying that £150 is too much for a mug. But you know, I, I think I think it's a fair premium in these giant times. It's, it's ten five for the mug and 145 postage. That's what they do, isn't it, on these things? That's, That's the what eBay. That's what we know. The other thing I thought of, don't shoot me down here, I said to Coulson. Another thing we could give away... Just hear me out here. Mm. It's a sofa. So you'd go, ooh, two mugs and a sofa, please. <laughs> and it turns up with us printed on it. Like flats, you have to sit on us. Just a thought, just a thought. In like season 10 of the Sofa Cinema Club, surely we're going to be sponsored by a sofa company and a cinema. You'd have thought they'd be absolutely chomping at the bit to sponsor us. We, maybe we should check his email and see, <laughs> see, see what's in there. I'd love it if we'd had some enormous kind of sponsorship deal and someone, ooh, but awkward lads. I didn't check the shepherd. That would be shepherd's department email. It would be Jack, wouldn't it? Yeah. So shall we do what we're here to do and talk about the film? Yeah. Right. So this week is the cult classic that is Mean Girls. Cult classic. Cult classic. A lot of people looking forward to this. Big hype on social media. Big hype around where where I've been. Work work and booze. People are saying, looking forward to Mean Girls app. Ah. Are you ready for the synopsis? Synopsis, hit us. So Mean Girls is a story that follows the character of Katie Harron. Who? Katie. Well, no, it's pronounced Katie. Have you watched the film? It's pronounced Katie. No, it's not. It's pronounced Katie. Is no, it? Katie. Yes. Her name is spelt Katie. Caddy. It's pronounced Katie. I thought she says it's pronounced Katie. That's what I thought as well. You think it's Katie? I thought it was. I've it? always called her Katie. But that'd be with a T, wouldn't it? It has got a T in it. It's C A T. Little K. No, <laughs> no it's C A D. Anyway, go on. So Mean Girls follows the character of Katie Harron, who has just moved from South Africa to America. She's previously been homeschooled, but now she is entering the American State School for the first time. So we kind of see her try to fit in, try to find her grounds, where she fits in in the social hierarchy, and she makes two friends instantly. But at the same time, she also gets the attention of a group of girls called the Plastics, who are the popular girls, the cool girls, and her two mates think it'd be cool for her to infiltrate them and find out what she can find out. But in infiltrating the Plastics and everything that comes along with it, she turns into one herself. And Mean Girls is basically the story of her finding her feet in high school with the difficulties that are in social hierarchies and all of that. But they wear pink on Wednesdays. Yeah. You didn't really have an end, did you? Well, no, because it's hard, Jack, when you fucking do what you do. 
when you're what? nodding, you're tutting, you're shaking your head. So you're like, yeah, yeah, you're doing well here. And then when I'm thinking I need to end it, Jack starts shaking his head thinking, oh, he's not. He's going around this the wrong way. He's just he? moody about synopsis in general, isn't he? No, it wasn't bad. It wasn't it bad. Wasn't bad. It wasn't great. You needed a finale. Rather than just a little in-joke that doesn't really make sense to people who haven't seen the film. It's harsh, this now, tonight, isn't it? It is harsh. It is. Maybe the old fallout that's in the news is is real, from what I'm judging. I'm getting a nasty vibe off Can I lighten the mood slightly? <laughs> Go on. So, Coulson, it's, it's Mean Girls we're watching, isn't it? Yep. With Lindsay Lohan. So, I say to my son, I've got to watch this Lindsay Lohan film. Will you watch it with me? Yeah, 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 Dad, yeah. Sit on the sofa. We're three quarters of the way through. Daughter comes in. Oh, you're watching Freaky Friday. I thought you were watching Mean Girls. Oh, Oh, shit. We watched three quarters of the wrong film. Oh, my God. Because I just thought, it's Lindsay Lohan. It's the first one on Disney. And I put that on. Imagine. Imagine if you come to the podcast about a different film. And you give the synopsis, and I'm thinking, that's not the synopsis. synopsis is, mum swaps with... Daughter, that's a synopsis. It's got fucking Jamie Lee Curtis in. So we watched, we watched an hour and twenty five of Freaky Friday. Of the wrong film. Wrong film. She says that, and I said, "Oh, okay. Oh, I better put Mean Girls on. Will you watch that with me? No way. <laughs> Off. <laughs> Seen enough. Oh no, pie." Can't go for triple. I can't low go hand. triple low hand, Dad. You've blown your stack. I'm off. You're on your own. Daughter's, one of my daughter's favourite films. She quoted that. What's that on Wednesdays we wear pink? Straight off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she loved it. Anyway, so I'll watch two low hands. Ooh, hello, Han. What, what was your rating for Freaky Friday? <laughs> Poor. Curtis is all right. Lohan, I'll give her her credit. She's good in everything at that age. In everything. Very good. Same director as Mean Girls. Is it? Yep. It's not yep. very good. Mean Girls was better. Good. Positive start. So, let's take it back to the start. Katie, Katie, whatever you want to call her. Well, her name. (laughs) You Shepherd was going to do that. He absolutely loves it, that. She's been away. She's been away in Africa, isn't she? Mm. You know, it's it's her first time at a new school. It's a bit bit underdog story-esque, isn't it? No, it's not. Not every film's an underdog story. She's had a hard life. She comes in, she's fighting. She's come up from the Bronx. She's got, she's got no money. It is, because she she's going into a crowd where she doesn't belong. That That's that vibe, isn't she it? She was homeschooled, wasn't she? Yeah, it's different. A bit like she, you two. Yeah. It's a bit like you stepping into a school. We weren't homeschooled. We were schooled very highly by a very skilled woman called Kit. And I was homeschooled as well. I was homeschooled. You were schooled in the dressing rooms. Yeah. So this is a story of Jack. Did you not go back to school at some point then? I started year seven and then a few months into year seven, I got the part at work and I knew very quickly, it was a rough school, I knew very quickly that I would either be... Head flushed down the toilet. Yeah. I would either be (laughs) bullied or own that school like a like oh yeah it'd go one or yeah. two ways so it, and it always goes the bully and it always goes the wrong way it always goes the wrong way isn't it weird that being famous is such a bad thing like mm. it's not the cool thing to do is it like it's the reason that you get fucking picked on yeah because everyone just thinks you think you're the big i am yeah. you know what i mean so i decided very quickly that i would befriend the hardest kid in the year 
before I was on screen, so that as soon as I was on screen, the hardest kid in the year was my best friend. And he beat you up. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Oh, uh, I really like you, Jack. Oh, you've just been on telly. Let me uh, stick your head down the loop. So you were homeschooled. Coulson was was schooled-ish in a dressing room. Yeah, I was, but then I was never as busy in a child career as Jack was either, sort of thing. I spent a decent amount of time, well, I spent, I went to school. You went to school. She's been homeschooled. She's now going to, are we in LA? Is that where we are? I think, I think it's Cali. Yeah. yeah that's kind of the vibe it gives yeah. you, isn't She's it? She's start school and it's all a bit of a shock, isn't it? You know that scene where they basically say where you can sit? At the yeah, dinner tables. Yeah. That is what high school's like. But I think that's all walks of life when it comes to being work as well. You do sort of sit with your own sort of representatives. You sit with your friends and your groups of who you work with, don't you? So say like you work in a factory or whatever, the managers will sort of sit together and the people on the shop floor will sit together. I guess that's sort of like all walks of life that it just sort of continues like that. I know footballers, whenever they're sort of like playing for like England. Sit with their mates. You know, like Man U will sit with each other and the Chelsea boys will sit with each other. And I'm sure that all happens. Yeah, I I guess for me, like, because that film, I don't know, I don't actually know when the film came out, but the first time I watched it will have been that sort of high school age. It is very relatable, like incredibly relatable as to how it is. So um, on her first day, she doesn't make any friends, does she? Comes back for a second day and then she be- gets befriended by two people. She gets befriended by Janice and Damien. I like them. I'll be friends with them. They're quite cool. I like them. They're the nice people, aren't they? And they're yeah. the people who actually genuinely care about Lindsay Lohan's character. But in in doing so, they're obviously not in the social hierarchy where everybody else is, but they, they explain it. So like Jack said, you've got the table of the jocks, you've got the table of the this, the maths nerds, and then you've got mm. the table of the plastics, which is Regina George and her two best friends. Who's the, what's the actress called? Rachel McAdams. And Amanda, uh, Mamma Mia. Amanda Seyfried, she plays... Um, Karen? Yes, the dumb one. So it's, it's Gretchen, Karen and Regina. Yeah. And her who plays Regina is old, by the way. She's film. not old. She's she's twenty four, isn't she? No, think, she's isn't she twenty eight? And Lindsay Lohan's eighteen. Wasn't it ten years difference? No, eight years difference. Still oh, quite okay. a bit. Isn't she's it? sixteen. Still oh quite yeah, a yeah. Bit. She's twenty four. Twenty four when she's playing a sixteen year old. Crikey! And I think everybody else was like pretty much there or thereabouts, sixteen, seventeen. And she wore wore a wig. Can you believe that? It's a wig. <laughs> Rachel McAdams. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does she- <laughs> you said like that, uh, I'd be shocked. <laughs> but I was shocked. As soon as you said that, I immediately thought she's bald underneath. <laughs> no. Her, her blonde hair was too short. They just said for Regina to be like king of the plastics and the way they wanted her to She look. had to be bleach blonde. Had, and it had to be long. Yeah, of course she does. So anyway, Lindsay Lohan's character kind of gets invited to sit with the plastics, doesn't she? Yeah. And it's there straight in that they're like, right, you can sit with us, but we don't do this often. And she gets basically the rules of sitting with the most popular kids in the school. And in the back of her head, she's kind of thinking, yeah, I want this. But then in the front of her head, she's also thinking, well, I've got my new mates, Janice and Damien, so I'll go and speak to them. 
She speaks to them and Janice and Damien's plan is you've got to do it, find out everything she says and make a list and we'll work it out and basically infiltrate them and we'll ruin the plastics. We'll end that and we'll end this whole split between the school. Mm. And that is kind of, you know, the premise of the film, like I said in the synopsis. And we kind of just see Lindsay Lohan's character slide more and more plastic every single week, don't we, in school, and yeah. slowly becomes a person that she doesn't want to become. Her appearance changes, doesn't it, slightly. She starts to wear the clothes that they wear. She starts to speak similar sort of language to how they speak, and then she gets involved in this burn book, doesn't she? Yeah. Which is basically a journal about everybody in the school, and they've got some sort of narrative to go with that person, like that they're fat, they're ugly, or whatever. There's some sort of put-down about everybody in this book. And she adds to this book. Yeah, she adds to the page of Miss Norbury. And Miss Norbury is played by the writer of the film. Tina Fey. Yeah. Um, And she basically says that she's a drug dealer. And that's what she writes in the book, sort of thing. That's the big offence. But that's kind of the plastics thing. They write in that book, no one ever sees it, and it's... It, it's their thing. They didn't seem that popular to me, did they, the plastics? It's normally that kind of thing in school you think, oh, I'd really want to be them. But, like, they were just on their own. It wasn't like the T-Birds, where you're like, hello, there's a gang, this is great, and they look mint. They just sat three on their own. You're like, oh. In reality, it's quite a small cast, I think. If you think of something similar like High School Musical that's based in a film, massive cast. Like, you're talking... 25 main characters sort of thing. Whereas that, you're talking six. Yeah. You've got Aaron, you've got the three plastics, you've got Janice and Damien, you've got Mathletes, and then you've got Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> Mathletes. Mathletes, I forgot about that. I like the lad who was the kind of head teacher. He made me laugh a lot. He was funny. He was great. Did you notice at the beginning, he's got his, his first line is he's talking about his carpal tunnel. Yeah. Do you know why? Because a week before filming, he broke his hand. So rather than stopping filming or halting the schedule up, they just said, oh, we'll just put it in the script that you've got carpal tunnel and your opening line will be to explain why you've got a cast on your hand. I like that. It made me laugh. <laughs> I like that. It made me yeah, laugh. Out of nowhere, he goes, ooh, carpal tunnel. Out of nowhere, my carpal tunnel's come back. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I loved that. Yeah. Mr. Devell, he's very, he's very good. I like the scene when it all kicks off and he's got the baseball bat. And the school's called Northside, isn't it? And he goes, no, I did not leave the South Side for this. Yeah, and he's out with his bat, <laughs> didn't he, to take them down. So she's becoming more plastic and they're finding out more and more. And then what happens? Well, they are still, as she's becoming more plastic, they are still infiltrating the plastics, aren't they? Trying to ruin them, aren't they? That's well, what it's not, to do. it's not necessarily Karen and Gretchen. It's more Regina. And we don't, you know, Lindsay's character doesn't understand why until we work out that Janice and Regina used to be best friends. And she made up the rumour that she was a lesbian. And since that, they've, you know, they've never seen eye to eye. So she wants she's to She's actually it. Lebanese. Yeah, she's Lebanese. <laughs> that, that was joke. it, wasn't it? She's, she's Lebanese. Lebanese. So she wants to set out to ruin her for once and for all, basically. And they do various stuff. They give her foot cream for her face. Yeah. They give her the protein bars that make her gain weight. You know, they just set out to constantly do all this stuff. And then another underlying story is as soon as 
Katie is allowed in with the plastics, she sets her eyes on a boy. And in South Africa, being homeschooled, she obviously hasn't seen many boys. So when she sees dreamy Aaron Samuels in front of her in maths class, she decides that that's something she wants to pursue. Now, little does she know that Aaron Samuels is actually Regina's ex-boyfriend. And that's kind of another story strand that plays out. So you kind of see um, Katie stuck between two people. You see her stuck between being friends with Regina, being stuck between her relationship with Aaron, and then being stuck between Janice and Damien. She kind of makes decisions and she makes the wrong ones, doesn't she? She loves it. She pretends she doesn't love it. She loves being a plastic now. She's full guns. She's loving it. She's popular. Everybody everybody in the school knows her. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But she does the worst act of friendship she could do, doesn't she? She says to Janice and Damien that she can't make her art show because she's got to go to dinner with her parents. And when they're at her art show, she throws a massive party just Mm. to get this attention sort of thing. Mm. (laughs) I thought about that. If you throw a party in your parents' house, it's wrecked. They're they're going, oh, put the pots away from Africa or whatever. Careful. You know, the fertility vases or whatever. You'd look round. Your banister had gone. They've always got them red cups, haven't they? They love that. Hey! And someone comes in with a barrel. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. You're like, that was no party around mine. Everyone was hammered on cheap cider. And someone was chucked (laughs) up all over the carpet straight away. And the the police are coming. And everyone has to At least they've been safe with the red cups, though. (laughs) See, that's my American dream. That's the only thing that I want in life. The red cups. I could see you, when we were watching this film and, and we were all going to high school, I could see you starting high school there and going, oh, this is mint. It's like when I drop my brother's kids off at their school in America. It is a bit like that. When I always used to see American films when they're in high school, I always think, oh, wouldn't it be mint to go to school in America and you don't have to wear a uniform? Oh, yeah, I never thought about that. And then I was playing on the, the PlayStation and talk. This is like when I'm a kid, when I'm in high school. And I'm talking to some kid who goes to school in America I was like, oh, God, it's amazing. You don't have to wear a uniform. And he said, it's a fucking nightmare. I just want to be able to wear a uniform. And I went, why? And he went, because you're constantly, constantly, constantly being judged on what you oh. wear. Whereas if everyone's just in uniform, no one gets to take the piss out of you. Which is the reason they have uniform in English school. I never yeah. realised that. I never realised that. And then I thought, oh, God, so do you get bullied? And he was like, yeah, I do. And then I shot him on the face on Call of Duty. Do you get bullied? Sounds awful. I've got to get off this game. Bang. You're dead. I w- <laughs> yeah. Text him. I won. Bye-bye. Yeah, I would never thought about that. <laughs> but if you think about it now, like non-uniform days, everyone wears their best clothes, don't they? So imagine that every single day. Like, I noticed it when I went to college, sort of thing, like... Because college is no clothes. And I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And after a week of... No it, clothes, that's hard. <laughs> Hi. Hard. Crikey, no, you get bullied no then, would you? Even harder for me. <laughs> Jesus. She's stepping. Oh, is it no clothes day? Yeah, it's a tough day, this one. Toughest day of the year oh for me. Getting my todge out. <laughs> and when it lands on in January, it's, it's a tough day. <laughs> I, I do think in my head... In my life, when I do finally move to America, <laughs> even if I'm like 40, I'll still just enroll at high school <laughs> and start and be like, first day, I'm a freshman, here we go. Mature student. Hi, kids. You put on a kind of like really cheesy 70s accent. Hiya, kids. And go into the... go into the. That was the other thing. They can buy what they want in the canteen. We didn't have... We weren't allowed to have lunch on the premises. Our canteen at school is amazing. I mean, it's responsible for many downfalls in my life, but we used to have a fingerprint, yeah? 
Did you? What? You used to put money on your fingerprint. Oh, That's my mean. goodness. How much money did you have in your print? Well, this is the thing. Like, most people used to be like 20 quid a month, and I was like 25 quid a week, <laughs> sort of thing. And I used to just go home all the time to my mum, and I used to be like, I've run out of money. I dread to think how much money she used to have to write in checks for me to put on my fingerprint. So have what you want, trolley dash, pay with your finger at the end. Yeah. That's min- minority report. I like that. No, we had no lunches. No lunches at school. Wow. Please leave. No teachers. You either went to the chippy van chippy, or yeah. butchers for a sausage roll. And then you walk around the streets. And then after an hour, you could come back on the premises. Yeah. <laughs> in year 10 and 11, you were allowed to leave the school in our school. And everyone either used to go fish shop or butchers, whereas I was like, it's too far a walk. So where did you go? Where was your lunch? Back, I just stayed in school. You got the fingerprint going. You've got a thing there. By year 10 and 11, it was a little bit different because I was more like a, a bit more wiser sort of thing. Like, a, But in, in like year eight and year nine, it was literally food was fucking so accessible. <laughs> anyway, we're going to end up having a <laughs> completely different conversation here. Um, let's get back to Mean Girls. We're back. We're back. Over. So we've done the canteen. She's gone full plastic. She's had a party. But then she fancies the lad. She knows it. The main girl knows it. She, she gets caught, doesn't she, by Janice and Damien when she's having the party. And they kind of cut all tight. And it's that scene, which I really like, where she's out the sunroof of the car and he can't stop the car because it's on a curfew. And they're basically having that argument as the car's moving. So she falls out with Janice and Damien and she also ends up falling out with the plastics because she's they, they've completed in the mission of ruining Regina George yeah. and they didn't they don't invite Regina to this party either do they and she finds out what's going on and it's that scene with the protein bar and he's like why are you eating them we eat them to gain weight and she literally is fuming and Regina goes home and it's that famous scene of her in a bedroom with the burn book and you assume that she is putting a page about Katie in the burn book. Yep. And then the next day, she's in with the principal, with his pot on, and she says, I can't believe this book that I've found in the toilet. <laughs> what got me about that was, he just accepts it. Yeah. You're given a book, and he doesn't go, yeah, you didn't write this, did you? How'd you get a book? Well, she's not in it. He goes, yeah, you're not in it or something. No, she like is that. in it. She is in it. Oh, why, yeah, she why, is in Why it. would anyone write about themselves? That's how she gets right. Because she writes that she's a fugly tart or something like that. Is she? the lad with the pot on his hand, does he get anything written about him? Yeah. What's he get written about Yeah, I can't remember him? what it is. It, it's something good as well. It's something, like, iconically good. I love the PE teacher. <laughs> that he's, he's, he's shagging the two kids. That's brilliant. So what's happened is she's handed this book in and whilst the principal is sorting out the free plastics that are now made up of Katie, Gretchen and Karen, not Regina. Regina is around the school putting the remains of the burn book everywhere. She's dishing it out so that everyone can see and then all hell breaks loose, doesn't it? The whole school get to find out about the burn book and how they're all in there and they think... Katie's uh, wrote it all, don't they? They don't know who's wrote it all. Right. I think that's the thing. They don't know who's wrote it all, but they know that it's little secrets that they've told certain people that are now out. Mm. And it's like, in school, rumours go around, don't they? Whereas these are written rumours. So it's not like, 
you know, it's the girl who made out of a hot dog. It's the girl, you know, it's all <laughs> yeah. these kind of things that yeah. people have told. <laughs> ben laughs at the thing about the girl who made out of a hot dog. Do you want to know what it was in the original script? Yeah, what was it? When they made the film, they had to cut it because it was a 15 and they wanted a PG. So they had to take loads out of it. Right. And the original thing was that she masturbated with the hot dog. <laughs> Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but they had to cut it because it obviously just, there was loads that they had to cut to get that PG rating. Mm. So anyway, so all these rumors are flying. The school breaks into a massive fight, and no one knows who's responsible. So the principal goes, "That's enough." Pulls a fire alarm, gets all the girls to meet in the gymnasium. Where are the boys? It's only girls in the book, isn't it? They don't write... It's girls uh, bitching on girls. They don't write yeah. about boys. Okay, so the girls are... Gonna... boys are not bitchy. Are I don't know. I don't know. They're not really. Boys will just say something, then that's it. It's done. It's moved on. You must have heard rumours about you, whether it be in school or in work or whatever. Like, it happens. Yeah, yeah but what, the thing is what I'm on about is high school with boys. I don't, I don't know. It just seems as though... They say something, it gets dealt with straight away, and then that's it. It sort of moved on. Girls, it seems as though they they they, they become your friends. You think they're your friends, and they're actually not. That's why I think this this film's got more of a, a deeper message behind it than what it actually is. But anyhow, carry on. Get to the end. They're all in the gymnasium. <laughs> Co- the coach has been done. Get to the end. <laughs> they do some trust exercises, don't they? I think we should do those. We need to real build some trust. We should do them. I love that line. You know, Jack, how you said about the coach had been sleeping with the two girls. I love that yeah. line where he goes, Coach, get your hands off that underage girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he yeah, just yeah. runs. He just runs. So the principal, Devel, he starts to kind of talk to the class and try and get them understanding but he realizes that it just doesn't work because it's a man talking to girls and a bit like jack was touching on this just isn't right so he hands over to miss norbury and she takes control and she does that classic thing of put your hands up if anyone's ever said uh, something nasty behind your back put your hand up if you've ever said anything nasty about someone behind the back if you've ever heard a rumor and Mm. it paints that picture that everybody has been in the same boat here And that's when she says, there's too much hate. What we need to do is regain trust in each other. The world's hard enough for us girls. We need to stick together and trust each other. So they have the thing where they all fall into the crowd. They all say something about each other. Mm. There's the iconically famous scene of obviously Damien in the back with his hood up and his sunglasses on. The only lad in the whole of the girls' assembly. There's that girl who stands up and goes, why can't we all just be friends like we were in primary school? And then the shout of, she doesn't even go here. (laughs) (laughs) Which is such, that line is so iconic. And the amount of times I've shouted that in social situations with my friends, like it it is just truly brilliant. (laughs) I love that. Do you reenact that at school? All the time. He doesn't even go here. (laughs) It comes to the point where... um, Katie's meant to speak and she doesn't. She runs away. She runs away from the responsibility and realises that what she's done is made such a big mistake because she's turned into the girl that she never wanted to be. And as she's running, she's chasing Regina George to apologise to Regina George for everything that she's done. And as she chases her, she gets hit by a bus. (laughs) That got me slightly. From a script point of view, 
it's got her out of a hole there. She's not worked out how to get Regina out of the picture enough, long enough, to get Lindsay Lohan's character to be able to apologise. So she gets a run over. It just seemed to come out of nowhere. Bam! I think that's the point, though, isn't it? That it comes out of nowhere? Yeah, I, I get that. But it did feel a bit like... Really? For, for Katie, it's gone from bad to worse because she's the girl that wrote the burn. From Katie, it's gone from bad to worse because she's the girl that wrote the burn book and now she's a girl that puts Regina George in front of a bus. So everybody yeah. hates her. She gets grounded and the punishment that she gets from Miss Norbury is... Mathletics. to join the Mathlete. I'd like this. I wanted to be in that club. That looked mint. Mathletes, come on. Got a great jacket. The other bit I like as well is... When Kevin G says, it'd be really helpful if you join because we get more funding if we've got a girl. (laughs) (laughs) That funny story, um, the lad who played Kevin G, that character was meant, it was always called Kevin, but it was meant to be like a Korean Chinese um, Mm. student who was a Mm. maths jizz. Maths jizz. (laughs) Maths jizz. I'm a maths jizz. (laughs) (laughs) You can put that in my end of year book just below the photo. Maths jizz. Kevin, G. <laughs> ma- ma- <laughs> well, we know what clip's going on Instagram this week, don't we? <laughs> Kevin G was meant to be a, a maths whiz. <laughs> and maths genius. <laughs> it's combined. Same. I don't know how to say it in one sentence, so what I've shortened it to is jizz. I'm a genius whiz. <laughs> I love that. Maths. I'm a maths jizz. Whoa. Hey, hello. He's a maths jizz. Anyway, my point was that he auditioned <laughs> He auditioned for the part of Damien and obviously wasn't right for the part of Damien, but was that good they rewrote the part of Kevin G for him. So we're at the Mathletes with all with all the math whizzes <laughs> and North Shore have reached the final. It's the last round. It's girl v girl. Mm. It's all on Katie. Can she do it? And it coincides to be the first night as prom same night as prom isn't it so she does it she remembers back to the lesson in class she looks past Aaron Samuel she remembers it they win the mathletes they go mental and then they all go to prom in their matching jackets no one goes as a shower do they no I no. first thing I said is no. any oh no and the Halloween the yeah, Halloween no one part. fucking goes no, as Daniel's a shower son. you missed out there karate kid did it went down a bomb the shower and the brown trainers? Why is no one going, ooh, what have you come as? A shower. Her Halloween costume is... It's very right. good. That's the sort of... But I, I, I was that kid in school. Like, I was that kid in school who just didn't realise that that was how the world worked. And if I went to a party, I'd dress up as a werewolf when all the other lads are there with white shirts ripped with blood on and shit like that. Anyway, oh, um, less of my childhood oh, torments. But is that violent? See, we've gone into it, you know, this <laughs> podcast. I feel for you, dude. There's a whole thing going on. Fingerprint, werewolf. <laughs> more money on my <laughs> Do you know what I'd love is your finger had become like, like, like it's just sort of worn down. You got no fingerprint from it. At the end. Well, after she's listened to this, she'll send me a message, but I bet my mum put so much money on that bloody finger. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> you've still, do you know what I'd love if you went back to school and they went, you still got and credit. got credit. <laughs> Yeah, it wouldn't surprise, it would not surprise me. They was like, oh, you've got £12.60 on your finger, Cole. <laughs> Sorry, carry on, dude, yeah. So they go to the prom, and she's grounded, and her parents know that she's not home, Yeah, but don't realise that she's gone to the Mathlete. So they go straight to the prom, 
And it's that bit of she sees her parents, she's about to say that she wasn't meant to be here, that she just finished at the Mathletes. And then they go, the winner of Prom Queen is Katie Harron. And she's like, what? Me? She goes to the front and she starts to give an acceptance. I like him when he does that. Mr. Devell, where he goes, you, you, don't, you don't need to do a speech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people just walk, walk off. In that two minutes that she's on stage in that little monologue, she does such a good job of summarising so many things that are wrong with the generation and the school system. Yeah. And it's a really nice note that the writers just got spot on for me. Yeah, yeah. This film was before the days of social media. Like... So now what that was like, you can times it by 100 in terms of the struggles that people go through in school. But in that last monologue, she talks about everything that's wrong with school and everything that's wrong with awards like prom king and prom queen. Mm. And the shortness is she breaks the tiara up and gives a piece for everybody because everyone looks beautiful and everyone deserves to be prom queen themselves. And... That kind of is almost the touching final note on the film, isn't it, really? That's how it ends, other than they go back for the next year of school and then you see the three new plastics and then they nearly get hit by a bus and then it plays the iconic theme song. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think the la- you know that that last point, poignant scene is that, that prom scene and that monologue. What did you two think of that? What are we doing ratings? Is no, just just of just of that scene. It's a new section where we go. What did you think of the end, Jeff? <laughs> I, I just think it's quite interesting to fact because I, I think I genuinely think there'll be a lot of interest in this film, like especially from our audience. I think from my wife and daughter's point of view, they did talk about this: how empowering it was, how the story was empowering for girls and for women. This sounds like a ratings. Oh. Fine then, let's take a quick break, shall we? Fucking hell. <laughs> well, do, do you know what I mean? It just seems... It's causing a rift, which is awkward for me. Ever since this fake fallout, it's it's hard work. What you've done now is carried it through. Shepard's on the clock. Yeah. Well, I don't want us to talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. I thought then... I'd just ask you a question, because some people quite like it when we ask what you think about things. Rather than summarising, it's just a conversation. Right, let's go for a break. Go for a break, and then ratings. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right! We're back from the break. We've had plenty of arguing in we're that back. break. We've, we've all had a shower. Calm down. We've had some food. <laughs> we were a bit hungry. 
We needed some Me and water. Jack have decided that um, one of us will leave the podcast after this episode. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna play rock paper scissors. <laughs> rock paper scissors mug, and whoever whoever comes out last <laughs> leaves. Um, so ratings. Obviously, I have to start it off. But there are a few questions that I have for you about the film, which I will ask when you give your rating. Okay. For me, solid film. Iconic. It, do you know what? <laughs> it is, though. It is. For my generation, it is, Ben. And I'm sure if you speak to so many people at work who are my age or around, like, it, it really is. But there is an underlining message in it of how difficult it is to be a kid at times. And I really like that. I found that really relatable. I didn't relate to it as much as I did when I was in high school watching it this time around. Obviously, some things have changed. But the environment that it paints a picture of, the way it does it, the way it sums it up, I really liked. So I'm giving it an eight. I thought you'd go higher. Jacko? I'd never seen it before. I watched it with my girlfriend and her sister. And they were really excited about it because they loved it when they were at high school. For all the reasons you've said calls and they found it hysterically funny i didn't laugh throughout the film oh no i tell a lie i did laugh twice i laughed at oh my god danny devito i love your work. <laughs> that was funny and i laughed at stereo in the face you know when she kicks the stereo off the stage and it hits him in the oh, face oh yeah yeah i laughed at that because it reminded me of wild hogs <laughs> remember the bird in the face oh yeah that was a good bit in wild hogs wasn't another it another cult classic of yeah. a film that was a very funny bit in Wild Hooks. That is funny. Yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, those were the bits I laughed at. But I did like the film for the, the more powerful message that is behind it of what it is like to be a teenager. Well, teenage girl, really, in school. And it, yeah, it does look extremely difficult. Uh, more so than a boy, I think, because uh, you don't know who's your friend and who's not, and they all pretend they're your friends when they're actually slagging you off behind your back. Like Colson said, really, I think Tina Fey's done a really good job of illustrating that before social media as well, where all those things are now. Everybody does realise all that sort of goes on. It's, 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 I think she's done a really good job of showing it in the film that everybody is in the same boat. So... Uh, I think it's Rachel McAdams's film, though. I think she's the star in it. I think she's she, well, she's got the best part for a start, hasn't Lin- she? Lindsay Lohan went for that part, right? They basically said, "Look, because you've just done the film Freaky Friday and it worked so well. Mm. If you're in the film, you've got to be the main, right?" Which I yeah. I do understand, and I think Regina wouldn't be Regina if it wasn't played the way it was. She's got majority of the best lines as well. I just think she's the the best character, really, isn't she? She can play around with it a lot more. But yeah, I would say 6.3 for me. It's the point point three. Well, listen, the reason why it's point three And not point five. And not point Mm. five is it's not in the sevens category, (laughs) no fucking way. So it's in the sixes somewhere. So now I have to sort of just find out where in the sixes. It's not top end sixes. It's around 6.5. And I think it's just below... But it's not at the bottom end of six either. Mm. So that's why I've gone in the middle between 0.5 and 0. So I've gone 0. 0.3. 6.3. 6.3. One interesting thing that I probably didn't touch on in my um, like summary of giving my rating is mm. when I first watched this film, I got a completely different thing out of watching it when I was older. All right. So when I watched it as a kid, I saw it as more of a comedy. Yeah, and when I've watched it as I'm older, I've seen it a lot more for the yeah powerful 
message, message behind, it. behind it. And I think it was quite interesting to see that with knowing that I'm doing the podcast of actually there is a lot more to this film yeah. than it being a American-y sitcom sort of school drama mm. film. And also it took two months to make, that's it, eight weeks. Wow. And it was out. It was out in the cinemas five months later. Seventeen million budget, hundred and thirty. It made. Oosh. And performance wise, they're they're all very good. You know, they're all very good. Yeah, they're all. I mean, it is them. It's them yeah. kids. Let's have it? let's so. have Ben's rating. So there's not two low hands. So that's taking a point off straight away because <laughs> last week I gave her. She's very good. I think she's got the hardest part. She has to do a. Tra- she has to make a transformation. I think you've both touched on the film is a bit more than the sum of its parts. It's a bit more than just... uh, There's a bit more of a message behind it. Um, So I can only rate it, obviously, being older than The Hills. I can only rate it as seeing it now. I can't really relate any of it to my school days. None of it seemed like a comprehensive school in Newcastle to me. It's not Kez. It's not Kez. It's not Kez. It's not... No one's one's walking around with a, a bird of prey. Uh, it's not Kev, there's no minds. Um, do you know what? I loved it as a film. I thought it was very tight, very well written, very, very good performances. Trolled along, it did not do the parent trap two hours nine, it came in at one thirty. Yeah. it knew what it was, yeah. it still got the message through, that message bit at the end could have been a bit baggy and a bit laboured and it wasn't, still retained a charm. My daughter does love it. She does. And she mm. said, I love that film, Dad. I really do. And I could really see it would chime with her. So for me, I'm going to go out there. Oh, hello. And I shouldn't be giving it this rating. <laughs> but just to get the group back, because Sofa Cinema Club's gone a bit, it's just gone a bit off, hasn't it? It's a bit nasty with the mugs <laughs> and whatever. I'm going to pull it back. I'm going to go seven. Woo! You were scaring me there. I thought you were going eights. I haven't completely lost it. I mean, I know we're in a pandemic, but I haven't completely lost it. But as a film, I couldn't think of a tighter way of writing and directing that film. And the performances weren't one note. It could have been very easy for those plastics to be very, very one note. And you go, oh, Mm. all of them were good. Amanda Seyfried was brilliant. Yeah. First film. Do you know, I didn't know that was Mm. her. Didn't you? Did, yeah. did not realise it was her. She was brilliant. And the other girl was brilliant. They were all very, very good. Yeah. It wasn't a pastiche. It didn't become... So I think, actually, as a technical film, you'd be, I'd be really happy to have made that. I'd think, yeah, it does exactly what you want it to do. And as you said, Coulson, you can still say Mean Girls. And goes, like, at work today, Yeah, everyone mm. around the makeup table and everyone on set went, what are you doing this week? So Mean Girls, oh, I love that film. Love it. People do. And uh, twenty-one point three out of thirty, I, th- I think. So you know, it's it's a fair score for it. You got to be happy with that. I am, yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people will be. And it'll be. It's quite an interesting film because there's a lot of people who, of my age, it would be in their like top ten films that they would watch regularly. Mm. Is it time for? It is hidden gem, gem of the week. Gem of the week. Somebody did leave a comment, didn't they, saying Jack's hidden gem should be a a feature in every. Well, it is. We have. It is a feature every week now. Oh, actually, actually, people have been really good on the reviews for the iTunes, and it is. Um, it's really good for us to read what you think about the podcast and whatever. It's very good. Here's one. Um, it's from 
some more 2205. Love this podcast. Nice and easy listening. Very funny. Ben's brilliant. <laughs> Um, then this is a must from RRL 1985 makes me laugh every week love the facts on the films and Jack's hidden gems should be in every week love it keep up the top work lads I will take two of the fine china mugs Ben's brilliant again right right at the end Ben's, Ben's brilliant right at the end. it's on every one but please do <laughs> do leave us um, five stars Ben's brilliant at the end I think he's probably the right thing to put um, and then a nice bit about what we do, but that really helps. But so Jack's hidden, which obviously backed by popular demand, the audience have gone wild for Jack's hidden gem. It, it's like your own seg. It's like a breakout from Sophie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I it can't is, yeah. wait until Jack goes. Listen, lads, I'm starting my own podcast called Jack's Hidden Gem. Jack's you hidden two could come on as a guest sometimes if you want, but they decided it needs more than five minutes. It needs a proper slot. I've got loads of gems. That's what I'm going to call Loads it. Loads of gems. Oh, you, of you gems. overtake us in the charts. <laughs> at, at number one, Jack's Loads of Gems. <laughs> I've got a whole of Netflix to do, lads, and then I'm going on the Amazon, and then I'm just going back to old DVDs. So, <laughs> so it's, it's time. We've kept on documentaries, haven't we? I've kept on documentaries this week, yeah. Now, this documentary you can see on Netflix, so... It's available for most people to watch. Most people, the rest of the world, have got Netflix these days. And it's called The Last Breath, or Last Breath. I haven't seen Very this. Good. Have you not? Ben no. put me onto this. Well, because my dad dives, doesn't he? My dad's a deep sea diver. Right. So, so you don't want to, because you'll think Well, he's seen it. He says it's brilliant. Very good doc. Well worth watching, Coulson. Well worth it. Basically, it's uh, the North Sea off the coast of Aberdeen. Uh, a team of divers are oil riggers. They go down to the bottom of the sea, 100 metres deep, uh, to do maintenance work on oil rigs. While they're down there, two oil riggers, two divers, um, they're connected from the bottom of the sea to the uh, top in a, a submarine. And the something that's connecting them is called an umbilical cord. And from that umbilical cord, they get light... They get hot water and their oxygen. The storm on the shore is uh, on the sea um, is really bad, and the, the the ship starts to move away. No, the ship has got. Uh, oh fuck! I've balls. You, you up, haven't bossed it up totally, but do you know what? I'm slightly coming back. You are. I had a little pop at Coulson for his Mean Girls thing. I thought, do you know what? Actually, I'm coming in like the Big Brother. <laughs> the only slight difference, actually, very good. You're doing very well. The ship's computer fucks up. So there's balancing yeah. on the ship's computer. They're in a storm. It stays in exactly the same position. It locks. It locks. It doesn't matter. So henceforth, that piece of rope, the lifeline, does not get stretched, does not get broken, because it yeah. doesn't matter how big the yeah. waves are, the computer breaks. Then they're adrift. Carry on. So the ship fucks off, basically. <laughs> Technical term, ship fucks off. Ahoy there. And Ahoy. Port starboard <laughs> and fucked off. Fucked off. And the divers had to get back to the bell, which is a little, a little vessel underwater where they're safe. Yeah. One diver makes it. The other one, his umbilical cord gets tangled and ultimately snaps. Yeah. And then he falls... 100 metres to the bottom of the seabed. He's no light, he's no oxygen, and he's no hot water. It's all camera footage from his helmet, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So he's down at the bottom of the seabed, 
Um, they've gone adrift now in the boat and they can't get to him and he can't swim up. He's got about five minutes worth of air in his oxygen tank and he's waiting to die. Very good. Cliffhanger. Leave it at that. Cliffhanger. The last breath, Netflix. Jack's hidden gem. Of the week. Watch it. It'll blow your mind. Hard to fit in. Of the week. Back to the main podcast. What am I watching next week? Oh, yeah. We've got to do that, haven't we? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I know you've got your own agenda now. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Ben. I've, I've spoken a bit too much now. You can fill him in okay, with this one. Okay, so next week, we've, we've gone softly, softly around things with the Lohan double bill. And we're going for a classic, a Scorsese classic, which is definitely probably one of, well, it's definitely one of my favourite films and probably one of Jack's. And it's Raging Bull. Never seen it? Perfect. Something you need to see. I've heard of it a lot. I've, you know, I've obviously... Do you know what it's about? A bull. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. It's about a bull that gets a bit lost and starts to get into this rage. And then we just follow this bull through in its rage. And then at the end, it it deals with its anger. So perfect. Raging Bull. So next week we are watching Raging Bull. And if you want to keep in touch in the meantime, you can do on social media, at Sofa Cinema Club on Twitter and Instagram. We're putting loads of stuff out on there. We're regularly on Instagram putting updates Leave us a review. Engaging with... Oh, right, yeah. I was going to get And end there. it with Ben's Jesus brilliant. Jesus Christ. <laughs> end it with Ben's brilliant. And if you could <laughs> take the time to go to iTunes to leave us a review, say what you want, and we will read some of them out on the podcast next week. Good night, God bless. Oh, God, good night. Bye. <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. <laughs> it was a sort of like... Just, <laughs> I liked it. Took me by surprise. <laughs> you, you all cut me off, so I thought I better end oh, it No, yeah, right. Good night. Good night. God, God bless. Good night. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.